Gal. Hey guys, and welcome to Get Live Podcast. It's me, Bish. I just realized my microphone was muted for some odd reason, but that's besides the point. Today, we're going to be talking about Persona 3 Portable, as well as Persona 4 Golden. The game recently got released, as you guys know. Hope you guys are actually enjoying the game, but if you haven't gotten the game, or if you thought, well, do I really need this, considering I might already own Persona 3 Portable or Persona 4 Golden on the PC or the PS Vita, or even the PSP, I'm going to tell you guys what my thoughts of, what my thoughts were for Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable. As you guys know, I am really a big fan of Persona 3 Portable. That's my favorite version of Persona 3. Do not at me. And obviously Persona 4. The way we're going to structure this episode is I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an overview on the Persona series as well as Persona 3 and Persona 4. And then after the break, we're going to be talking about Persona 3 Portable specifically here. And then the second break, we're going to be talking about Persona 4 Golden. Okay, so before we get into it, I'd just like to thank our sponsors, Crunchyroll and Sugoi Mart. You will be hearing ads for them in the episode. I also want to thank the lovely people at Sega and at Atlas for providing us codes for these games, as well as Persona 5 and Scramble and all of the Persona-related games Atlas has given us review codes for. So big thanks to Atlas for that. I know what a lot of people are thinking. Why should I buy this game? What is Persona 4? What is Persona 5? What is even Persona? So the Persona series previously marketed as Shin Megami Tensei Persona. So that was the original name for the Persona series because it was a spin-off of SMT. People didn't know that, but now you do. It's basically published and developed by Atlas, owned by Sega, and it's an JRPG. Right. Released originally in the 1996 for the PlayStation, up until recently with the recent releases of Persona 5 Royal, etc. Yeah, usually the Persona games are set in like a high school setting, and you have your protagonist that is unnameless. You you end up naming your protagonist, and you have a party as usual, and you go into dungeons and you fight demons, right? And you gain the ability to control them in through uh, personas, right? It varies from game to game. In some games, you can actually speak to the demons and actually like make deals with them and things like that. In others, you can't do that. Like Persona 3, Persona 4, that's not uh, something that is there. You can negotiate with shadows in Persona 5, which is something I believe that came from Persona 2. The main thing that I would say kind of sticks out within the Persona series, at least in more modern Persona games, is the ability to have social links. So what social links are is that when you're not within the dungeons, you're, you might be at school, you might be like in the park or wherever you are in whatever location you are in, in where the game is set you can interact with npcs and learn about their lives increase your levels with them through social links right and a lot of the time you do get that opportunity to speak with them and you have multiple discussion points or conversation points and if you say something wrong you might not be able to progress that social link properly you might be able to halt that social link in the case of persona 3 that is something that you could do and in fact your arcana cards would flip backwards meaning you wouldn't be able to complete that social link you wouldn't be able to complete that social link properly until you might apologize to the person that you have that social link with and you might be thinking what is this whole arcana thing in the game initially at least for three four and five you meet this 
ominous gentleman called Igor in the Velvet Room, a place that exists between mine and matter. The location of the Velvet Room varies from game to game. In Persona 3, it was in an elevator because of Tartarus, and we'll get onto that in a little bit after the break. Persona 4, it was in a limousine, and Persona 5 was in a prison cell. So your locations of the Velvet Room change depending on the protagonist, really and their mind and their their mindset, which is a very interesting theory and a very interesting idea. But yeah, you have these arcanas and these arcanas are like, I don't know how to explain it. Like there is this like tarot card theme within the Persona games and you have all these different arcanas and the arcanas can vary from game to game, but it's really following what you might find on tarot cards. And these arcanas kind of have a different set of Persona against them. Why they're important is because each social link is linked to an arcana and you have certain personas underneath those arcanas. Especially if you want to fill out the persona compendium and things like that. Just so you guys know, personas are what you fight with. Similar to like Pokemon. I hate using that as an example, but it is kind of like Pokemon in that sense. Each have their own strengths and weaknesses. And as the main persona user, as a protagonist, you have the ability of the wild card, which basically means you can summon multiple personas. You don't just have one persona at your disposal. Your teammates will have one persona at their disposal, their main persona, and that's it. They won't be able to use more than one persona. So in Persona 3, I believe it's Makoto, the protagonist, can use multiple personas. Yu Narukami in Persona 4, I believe his name is Akira. I don't know if that's his name because usually in the Persona series, they'll have two names for the protagonist, an anime name and a manga name. So I don't know why they have two names. I think it's probably because they haven't necessarily decided on the names by the time the manga would have released and that kind of stuff but Akira I think is his manga name I can't remember or Ren I think people call him Ren or Rin or something regardless every protagonist has that ability for the wild card the ability to wield and switch personas as they like and also gives them the ability to fuse personas that's another thing that you can do in all of the velvet rooms from persona 3 to persona 5 is fuse personas so you get more than one in some cases up to five personas in persona 5 you can kind of get real complex with how you want to fuse personas and all that kind of stuff but at least initially as you level up you get more access to personas you can catch personas you know, at least in persona 5 you can get persona cards in terms of roulettes in persona 3 and stuff like that so you can actually unlock personas that way through the roulette system in persona 3 but the main way you're going to get access to personas is through fusion not just through fusion but through your social links that's why I mentioned they're very important because once you've maxed out your social link, you have the ability to basically fuse the ultimate persona for that arcana. Once you've maxed out the strength arcana, you get the highest style of persona for that arcana. It tends to be like a more overpowered persona, that kind of stuff, right? Also, your level of social link will give you access to other things like your ability to get more XP. In Persona 5, it's more complex because they give you way more. Your teammates will jump out in front of you if there's a fatal attack, that kind of stuff. In Persona 4 and 3, it's not that complex. It's just quite more basic stuff. It gives you the ability to unlock more personas. As a little bit of an overview with Persona 3 and Persona 4, Persona 3 uh, is the fourth entry in the series. It was originally developed for the PlayStation 2, released in 
2007 in North America, 2008 in Europe. In Europe, it was originally published by Koei Tecmo, back then Koei. And yeah, there was an additional game, which was an expansion game, or some people might consider a director's cut, which is Persona 3 FES, which had additional content as well as an epilogue known as The Answer. I'm not going to spoil what The Answer is about, because especially if you're a new Persona player, I do understand that there's a lot of people that they started their Persona journey from a different game. And because these games aren't necessarily linked to one another, it is easy enough to start from Persona 5 and then play Persona 4 and 3. Or like I did, I started with 4, then I worked with 3, and then I played 5. That's because of what games were released at that time. But there's still a lot of people that have played from Persona 1 in chronological order to 5. And I know that there's a lot of people that have dropped off along the way. A lot of people didn't like 4. There were some people that didn't like 3 because 3 was very, very different from the first three Persona games, right? Because of the fact that it included social links, fusions, and, and all of these other stuff has changed dramatically. Amongst Persona 3, there's a lot of people that don't like 3 in the sense that they don't like uh, Portable. They prefer FES, which I understand. FES is a more comprehensive story in terms of the Persona series compared to Persona 3 Portable. There is technically missing story. The game is not really complete at that point. You can make that argument, but I will say 3 Portable is my favorite version of Persona 3. We'll get into that after the break, to be honest with you. Persona 3 Portable came out in 2011 and featured some creature comforts as well as an additional protagonist. Persona 4 was released originally on the PlayStation 2 in 2008 and then later released as Golden in 2012. And there was a very interesting reason why that was the case. Originally, that game was supposed to be released on the PSP, but there would have been that other concern of cutting out a lot more content for Persona 4 if they had released Golden on the PSP. So they decided to wait a bit and, and kind of focus development on the PlayStation Vita. So very, very interesting. It still works out that Persona 4 Portable came out before Persona 4 Golden, about a year difference, almost, give or take, and then Persona 5. And it's very interesting that Sega are giving us both of the portable versions of the game because Golden was originally a portable version of Persona 4 because it was exclusive to the Vita up until recently, like literally up until two years ago during the pandemic where we got a PC release for the game. And a lot of fans were wondering, well, if we've got a PC port, when are we going to receive console port? Are we going to receive a Nintendo Switch version? Are we going to see Nintendo Switch version of Persona 5? And we end up getting it, to be fair with you. So that was pretty cool. Atlas does listen. Sega does listen. So big shout out to them. We're going to go on a little bit of a break. And after the break, we're going to talk more about Persona 3. I'm going to be very conscious because I do understand that there's a lot of people listening who may have never played Persona 4 before or even 3. People who've only played Persona 5, the recent ports or the re-releases, is going to be their first experience into Persona 3 and Persona 4. I'm going to be conscious of that. I'm not going to talk about story in depth. I will talk about a little bit about characters, a little bit more so about social links without spoiling things, and game mechanics. So consider this review based around those things in a similar way that I did to Persona 5 Scramble, as well as Persona 5. Because I don't want to spoil these games. These are games that you could spend easy 100 hours on, 200 hours. In fact, I spent a good 400 hours on Persona 4 Golden on the Vita before losing my save. So we'll go on a little bit of an ad break and we'll see you back after the ads. Are you a fan of anime and Japanese pop culture? I know I am. So why don't you get your asses 
down to Sugoi Mart. All right, that's sugoimart.com. Alternatively, you can use our link, getlifepodcast.com forward slash sugoi. That'll take you to our special link on Sugoi Mart. That is getlifepodcast.com forward slash S-U-G-O-I. And use our code G-A-L-P, that is G-A-L-P, for 15% off on everything on Sugoi Mart. And you can use the code multiple times if you really love Sugoi Mart and you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to go and purchase the best things that Japan has to offer food and drink beauty items collectibles toys and games you can actually buy gunpla from sugoi mart as well as a lot of things for your home kitchen appliances bathroom bedroom stuff they've got these really lovely spy family campus notebooks i'm a big fan of stationery as you guys know and they've got that there as well there's some really cool stuff on here you can also purchase experience sets which is basically like kits to make matcha to make onigiri and they'll provide everything basically Whatever you want, Sugoi Mart has got it. They've got a lot of really cool stuff from Japan. And as you guys know, every sort of month or so, they give us care package that we show off to you guys, which I think is pretty cool. So they've got really nice stuff included. They also sell Pokemon cards and a lot of genuinely hyped stuff. What we want to do is that we want to find out the weirdest things on the Sugoi Mart website and get Sugoi Mart to send them to us. So Sugoi Mart, if you're listening, let's prepare that. Let's just get the weirdest stuff and send it my way. And we'll we'll talk about it on a episode of Umai. They've got some really, really nice stuff. If you want to get items from Japan quite easily, some really nice quirky items, then you can go to sugoimart.com, use the code GALP for 15% off on your purchase they've got some really nice stuff whether you're an anime fan whether you're a fan of japanese culture or even if you're a fan of disney they've got a lot of disney items on there so experience japan from the comfort of your own home with sugoi mart use the code g-a-l-p for 15 percent off thank you sugoi mart for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and back on to the episode okay so it's me bish and we're talking about persona 3 persona 3 Wow. I first got access to this game through the Ghostlight port. Shout out to Ghostlight on the PSP in the EU. So in the EU back then, with Japanese games, it was kind of like the Wild West. Not many people were publishing Japanese games. Even big games publishers and game developers like Koei Tecmo, uh, back then known as Koei, they weren't even publishing their own games. Fun fact though, Koei did publish the original PS2 version of Persona 3 and FES. In America, it was Atlas USA because they already had a office over there. In Australia, apparently it was THQ. Did not know that. And Ghostlight did do the PSP version in the West, which is the version that I originally played, Persona 4 Portable. The way that Persona 3 works is that it is basically JRPG as you'd imagine, as well as simulation. So you are playing as your protagonist, as you do in every Persona games, balancing your daily life, going to school, building relationship with people. And at nighttime, within the dark hour, there's a secret hour in the nighttime known as the dark hour, where you have access to Tartarus. Tartarus is effectively, it's your dungeon. So the way that I see Tartarus, it's basically like a tower filled with many, many levels. It's very different to Persona 4's dungeons in the Midnight Channel and things like that. The reason being is because the Persona 4 dungeons are leveled, but each level has a different layout. It's not randomly generated. It feels to be the case within persona 3 that every time you go into tartarus and you experience certain levels tartarus has like too many levels i can't remember the exact number of levels but there's more than 100 levels i think there's like what like 
I can't remember exactly how many levels within Tartarus there is, but there's like hundreds of levels within Tartarus. And it's not always going to be the same layout. The layout changes all the time within Tartarus. And what's very interesting about Tartarus is that you kind of eventually get to boss floors and things like that, and you have to defeat shadows. So it's not necessarily kind of story-based similarly to Persona 4. Persona 4 has you fight in themed dungeons. Tartarus is not necessarily themed, but every once in a while throughout the story, you will face boss battles and things like that. Either one has boss battles, but I would say Persona 4 has more of a theme with its uh, Midnight Channel and the TV world and things like that. It's very interesting as well because the way that it works in Persona 3 and even Persona 3 Portable is that depending on your social links and depending on where you are in the story, you may not have access to your party members, which makes it very, very interesting. And so it's quite strategic in a way because you have to kind of change your way of thinking. Also, what you can do is you can ask your party members to go around and just search for items and attack shadows and things like that. The interesting thing about Tartarus is that you can go into Tartarus straight away, but the game prevents you from staying too long within Tartarus, right? If you want to grind and do that kind of stuff, when you stay within Tartarus, you actually get sick if you're there for too much time, which can eventually kind of affect their performance in battle. And you have to also think about it as well as a protagonist. If you are sick or tired, some activities like staying up at night, studying can be hindered but don't do that i'd say bear in mind to heal your sicknesses in game you can always take items visiting the infirmary at school or just going bed early so there is that level of balance in addition to that within tartarus like i mentioned you can progress through floors very quickly to get to that boss but then once you've completed that boss you can move on to the next bit there are occasions within the story that the boss won't spawn until you've hit a certain point of the story it's basically there so that you don't exhaust tartarus straight away and it's very smart because there is that level of balance between Tartarus and school life and you kind of get punished for grinding a bit too much within Tartarus the game wants you to go into school the game wants you to spend some time outside of the dungeons through social links so yeah that's how Tartarus works also within Tartarus before you go in you have access to the velvet room within Persona 3 you have access to special battles like battles that you would kind of do after the fact like once you've completed the game. So within Persona 3 Portable, really the main difference is that it doesn't have all of the FES content. So FES is the expansion game that included the epilogue. So it's an enhanced port for the PSP. It was released in Japan in 2009, in America in 2010, and Europe in 2011. This game, one of the main differences is that you do have access to a female protagonist, as well as your original male protagonist within the game. And that alters certain parts of the story. For example, your first persona changes slightly. It's Orpheus. So your main persona is Orpheus, but I think Orpheus does get a reskin. Your assistant in the Velvet Room changes, depending on who you've picked. So if you pick the female protagonist, then your Velvet Room assistant will be Theodore and if you pick the male protagonist your Velvet Room assistant will be uh, Elizabeth and as you guys know these Velvet Room assistants are related they're all brothers and sisters in addition to that your social links do change you do have the ability to go down romantic routes with certain characters you can only do that with female characters if you're playing as the male protagonist if you're playing as a female protagonist you can have the 
romance roots with the male uh, characters for social links and things like that. Also, certain parts of the story does change as a result of that. I can't say what, but if you go through certain routes and do certain romance routes, certain parts will change within the story. And I'm not going to mention that. It doesn't really affect the story that much. It's just minor changes to the story. In addition to that, there are two new difficulty levels alongside the original. So P3P only includes the original Persona 3 story, which is known as The Journey. Some changes have been made, like I mentioned, regardless of the character choices. It doesn't include the answer. The answer is an additional part of the game, part of an ex expansion really, within FES, right? And it was released on a separate disc originally. So that was kind of cut because, well, the PSP wasn't able to handle all of that. Unfortunate, but it is what it is. People might be wondering, well, how come we're not getting that version as opposed to this current version, which is the portable version? Clearly, FES has more story, it has more content. It's clearly the better game. I mentioned this on the Persona episode with Jacob a few years ago, where I said, if we do get a re-release, I would prefer portable. And the main reason that is, is because as a game, portable is a lot easier to play. And we have to remember that a lot of people, they're going to be exposed to Persona 3 for the first time because of this re-release. Atlas might be thinking Persona 3 Portable in terms of gameplay mechanics is very similar to Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5, mainly because of the fact that the game has a revised battle system and you're able to directly control all of your party members. In the base Persona 3, you were not able to do that. And that was such a pain in the ass because you can't tell them exactly what to do. You're really relying more so on yourself and your personas. You can tell them what to do, like to attack and to defend, but you can't specify. And I don't know if you guys know this, you can actually guard in Persona 3 Portable. You weren't able to do that in the base Persona 3. In addition to that, your party members will take fatal blows for you, which is something that we've seen in Persona 4 and Persona 5. So it's more of a modern game. And I'd say it's more of a game that will be easier for newcomers to play as well. It just makes more sense. There are certain things that I will say that we kind of got cheated out a little bit, like what I would have liked to have seen for re-release is yeah include all that content from persona 3 i genuinely don't mind but i would have liked to see the answer that would have been a nice thing to do in addition to that i would have liked to have seen them use the ability to roam around the city that's not something that you get in persona 3 portable and i know a lot of people are going to be a bit upset about that understandably so you know these games are still going to be able to run on the series x and even then you know it's going to be able to run on the switch even if it did have that sort of environment where you can walk around that 3d environment you don't have that it's point and click in persona 3 portable now i'm okay with that because that was my only experience of persona 3 so i know that there's a lot of people that will think well that's not cool it's kind of got that visual novel-esque um style to it but at the end of the day this is a psp port so take it with a grain of salt the way that i see it is i'd still rather take the advanced gameplay and the advanced battle mechanics than to just get the port of persona 3 fes as is because i do want those creature comforts in there so i'm okay with the whole um point and click and that kind of style of gameplay because tartarus isn't changed you're still moving around tartarus that does bring me on to another sort of gripe that i do have and something that i never really understood initially is that how come we're getting just straight up ports as opposed to remakes or re-releases i remember that there was a leak and it was a fake leak mind you but it was basically someone had hacked into game files for persona 5 and they had recreated the dorm of persona 3 in that engine and i was thinking wow does this mean atlas is going to work on that it was 
basically a fan had made it. But if a fan was able to make that, how come we're not able to see a remake of Persona 3 that includes all of the stuff from Portable, the game mechanics, possibly even from Persona 5? Why not? If we're building that in engine, why can't we see that as well as game character models? They don't even need to make new character models. They have the character models from uh, Persona 3 dancing and Persona 4 dancing. They have those new character models. So I don't understand why they couldn't remake these games and maybe that's something that's in the works and i would I really appreciate that and maybe it might be the case that sega and atlas are thinking well we'll put these out we'll see how much we can sell of this to kind of gauge on whether or not people want more persona that might be possible i mean to be fair with you the pc release of persona 4 golden kind of felt like that anyway it felt like a test bed of hey if this does well on pc we might release it on other consoles and it did and here we are i guess female protagonist story is not canon to Persona 3. I don't know if that's still going to be the case, to be fair with you, because a lot of things have kind of been retconned in the past. Some people are saying that Persona 3 and Persona 4 weren't linked, and then we got the arena games and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know if Persona 3 and the female protagonist is canon or not. I would really like it to be, to be fair with you, but I'm not too sure, to be fair with you, at at this moment in time. I will say this, playing it on a console with that sort of point and click adventure style is a bit weird. I was okay on the Vita playing it like that. I was okay on the PSP playing it like that, but on the big screen, it's not the best. Although Tartarus looks beautiful. Everything else looks great. Just on the big screen, you know, moving around that way wasn't the best experience. I am still gonna buy this game on the Switch because I originally played this game portably and the game is still known as Persona 3 Portable. <laughs> That's still technically the name of the game no matter what console you buy it on i do feel that if you are playing on switch it would be a better experience but yeah it's still a fantastic game and i think a lot of people will enjoy it i'd say out of all the persona games in terms of story this one has the darkest story in terms of persona 3 4 and 5 i'm gonna admit the first three persona games uh one eternal punishment and what was the other one innocent sin i think i can't remember the other games but yeah in terms of 3 4 and 5 3 does have a darker story to it i've cried a lot of times during three not as much in four there were certain moments in four story that i did cry about i'm not gonna get into it you can check out previous episodes if you want to hear more about story and persona 5 i didn't really care like much for the story in persona 5 it was a great story but it wasn't as good as three i think three out of all of them has a better story the gameplay mechanics aren't necessarily the best i'd say obviously persona 5 smashes it in terms of fusions and gameplay mechanics it's a much funner game to play when you are in the dungeons uh, in Persona 5. 100%. But Persona 3 does have a better story. Hands down. And then Persona 4 is like in between the two. Think as well, not to get too much into Persona th 3 and Persona 4. I do think that you spend a lot more time with the characters in Persona 4. A lot more. And you really get to know a lot more about them. Because the dungeons are based around your party members. So there is more character development within Persona 4. And indeed Persona 5. Because 5 kind of follows that. But there is a lot more character development in Persona 4. So I think from a character's perspective perspective persona 4 has got persona 3 beat and i'd say persona 4 has a better character development out of all of the persona games and by that i mean 3 4 and 5 persona 3 solid solid game i will recommend if you are thinking about getting 3 and 4 or if you've never even played any persona game start with persona 3 then play 4 then play 5 now if it's the case that you've played 5 it might be easier for you to play 4 and then 3 i'd still urge people to play 3 first and the reason being is because 3 is an older game 
mean? I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be coming from Persona 4 or even coming from Persona 5 and expecting this game to be on the same level as that. Bear in mind, this was a game that was originally developed in like 2009, you know, on the PlayStation 2, and it was ported to the PSP, which is then ported to modern consoles. So you have, please bear that in mind when playing this game. It's not going to be the best in terms of a gameplay mechanics. There are going to be a lot of things that do feel old because this is an old game. So please take that with a grain of salt. It's not a bad thing. It's just something that I feel that newer Persona players, especially people that came from Persona 5, will find it a little bit difficult. And it's kind of finding that balance. Like I mentioned before, especially for experienced players, people that would have wanted FES instead of this game. The reason kind of why we got this game was because a lot of people are coming from Persona 5 and this would have been an easier game. And I agree with Atlas. This is kind of an easier game to get more people in. So I'm just happy that we got the game. And I think everyone else should be as well. They are excellent games. Believe me, I've after all these years replaying this game, I felt the exact same way as when I played it many, many years ago. And not many many games still have that effect and not many games still hold up persona 3 is still a game that holds up whether you are playing the original or playing portable in this new form damn we spoke about this game for like 30 minutes that's insane that's how much i love this game okay we're gonna go at a bit of a break and we are gonna talk about persona 4 golden now it's a better time than ever to be an anime fan with Crunchyroll that has the world's largest anime collection. You can watch new episodes one hour after they air in Japan, enjoy access to unlimited ad-free anime, read hundreds of chapters across dozens of manga titles and save with exclusive Crunchyroll store discount. So if you guys go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai, that's crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for your 14 day free trial of crunchyroll premium service remember you guys we love crunchyroll we use them on kunai i personally love them i personally use them all the time we've been going to crunchyroll events for a long time long time sponsor of the podcast and you know what they are the best place to watch anime legally online with over thirty thousand episodes and at the moment if you're listening to this they've got the largest full lineup in history for fall 2022 with over 40 simulcasting titles that is insane so join crunchyroll with our link crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for 14 day free trial in addition to that you've got different perks with your premium service you can either go with your mega fan you can go with fan service or your mega fan for 12 months personally the biggest savings that you're going to make is if you do your mega fan option. If you live in the UK, that's only £60 a year. That's VAT inclusive. That's cheaper than any streaming service at the moment, especially if you're into anime. You got all your anime pretty much in one place. That's no ads, unlimited access to the Crunchyroll library, new episodes one hour after they air in Japan for your simulcasts, access to your digital manga, streaming on four devices at the same time as well as offline viewing you would not believe how many times offline viewing has saved me beyond the tube there's no wi-fi there's no 5g i'm like ah, oh, i want to watch anime boom i'm watching overlord i'm watching dr stone i'm watching naruto I'm watching dbz you've got it all on crunchyroll so that's crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai that's crunchyroll.com forward slash k-u-n-a-i Back onto the episode. Okay, we are back. We're going to be talking about Persona 4 Golden. Persona 4 is a series that's kind of gotten a lot of clout over the years. There's been a lot of spin-offs, Ultimax, 
Arena. We even got Persona Q and Q2, which included Persona 5 characters. Q included Persona 3 and 4 characters, which is a game similar to Etrian Odyssey. Okay. Persona 4 Golden is a fantastic game. It's a game set in 2012 and actually, oddly enough, got a release in 2012. And I'd say it's the better version of Persona 4. It includes additional social links. You get more boss battles in this game, an expanded story, as well as more personas, which is always great. It's always great to have more personas and have more to collect in the compendium. More social links as well, like I mentioned. The game also supports uh, wireless network features to get people to assist you, call help from other players in a dungeon, similar to what you can do in Persona 5. But I think Persona 5 has more advanced features. Bear in mind, this is a PS Vita game. In fact, I believe maybe even a launch title. Like a lot of people love the Vita because of this game. A lot of people bought a Vita for this game. I know I was one of them. This was the only reason that I wanted a PlayStation Vita so that I could play Persona 4 Golden. It was originally like published by NIS America and obviously now that's gone back to say, uh, Sega and Atlas. But I remember NIS did some insane stuff for this game in terms of marketing and all that kind of stuff. It was really cool. And it got a re-release um, in June 13th, 2020 out of nowhere and on the PC, which was great because it got a lot more people into Persona 4, to be fair with you. And, you know, Persona 4 added a lot more stuff like i mentioned and i think the pc release has japanese voices and things like that which is really cool the story a lot of people from what i've seen online some people have said oh persona 3 is basically buffy the vampire slayer and persona 4 is scooby-doo and i think that's a bit insulting to say that the stories are incredibly interesting the whole midnight channel and you know helping people and trying to figure out you have an investigation team and it's kind of like a detective game as well because you have to figure out who's doing all of this horrible stuff and your town and then there's this whole fog situation there is so many layers to this game the game in terms of the dungeon like i mentioned is it's more themed dungeons depending on people's true selves that's a theme that you'd feel out throughout the whole game you have a more diverse cast of characters a more lovable cast of characters as well more meaningful and each of them have their own problems and in previous games this is another thing that i wanted to mention social links work slightly different you cannot fuck up a social link in this game believe me i've tried especially after playing persona 3 in persona 3 you can mess up social links in persona 4 i don't know if you've heard of this where people like oh you narakami is like a pimp that's what people call him at least online back in the day they called him pimp narakami he was a bit of a player he was a bit of a ladies man and you had the ability to date multiple characters at the same time and you could do that in persona 3 but they can find out in persona 3 so your romantic interests in Persona 3 can figure out who you're dating and stuff and they, they find out that kind of stuff and then you, you get blocked progression. Or the Arcana card, I believe, goes upside down, which means you can't progress until you apologize or do whatever. Blocks progression of, of Arcanas. That does not exist in Persona 4. You can do whatever you like in Persona 4. You could date every dateable character in this game and it's all right. Nothing stops you. Yes, there will be certain uh, scenarios in like Valentine's Day and stuff like that. And I know you can technically do that in Persona Persona 5, but you get caught out in Persona 5. In Persona 4, no one cares. You date as many people as you want. Oddly enough, I believe Persona 4 did cut out a romance route with Yosuke Hanamura. It was like a same-sex romance route. They did remove that and there was game files for it and actual sound files for it. So I don't really understand why they had removed it. That's something we'd never know. Is it in Persona 4 Golden, this re-release? Unfortunately not. Yeah, I know. It's something that I think they should have added in, but they did. It's uh, very unfortunate because they could have had the opportunity to do it and it's not unheard of. I mean, with Persona 5, Atlas went back and they removed some certain things that were deemed offensive in base Persona 5 for Royal and they could have gone in and 
and added those routes in, especially considering they do have the assets and they do have the voice lines. So it's something that they can do. I believe on PC, they have been added in through mods. So thank you for all the great modders out there. But on the console, home console releases, unfortunately, there is no mod support. So you're not going to have access to that. Persona 4, very, very different game. It's a game where the characters mainly drive the story. I had a lot of fun reliving those memories. This is, I'd say out of all the Persona games, this is the one that I've spent the most hours on. I've spent 400 hours on Persona 4 Golden, and that's after I got my save removed. So my original save, I think I was on like 200 or 300 hours, and then on my new save, I did another 200 hours. So in all, about 400 hours, replaying the story. And bear in mind, I'm playing the game again on consoles and yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend more time. I'm going to spend another 100, 200 hours on these games because the story is so good in four. Not just that, the mechanics are great. The fusion mechanics, you could spend days just building the best personas that you can through fusion, you know, getting all of the achievements because this was a game that included achievements. The previous games also does have achievements as well. They did add them into Persona 3, but because this one was on the Vita, it had achievements from the get-go. But yeah, no, this was a game that I really spent a lot of time with playing over and over and over and over again. I think one of the main reasons was because, well, it, for a long time, it was like the only game that I did own on my PlayStation Vita before Danganronpa and before other games like that. So, you know, it was just a fantastic game. It still is. It holds up really well on the PlayStation 4 and on the Xbox series. Holds up really well. For me, I am playing this game on Xbox. The reason being is because it's available on Game Pass day one. So it's way more accessible to people. And I just feel that the ports, from what I know, the ports are native to Xbox. So the Sony versions of 3 Portable and Golden are PS4 games, right? So they've been ported to the PS4 and then you're playing that through backwards compatibility, which isn't a problem. Most games run like that anyway. Even when Persona 4 Royal came out and I got my PS5, I was playing that through backwards compatibility mode. I did not bother downloading the PS5 version of the game because what's the point? There's not much difference. Right, because the game originally was running on the PS4 Pro, it could output 4K, and it does that on the PS5 anyway, regardless if you're playing through backwards compatibility mode or the native version of the game. So that's not really an issue. So please don't take this as an issue that it's running, you know, not a native version on the PS5 that is just going through PS4 backwards compatibility. It just makes more sense that way. On the Xbox anyway, you kind of need a native port to begin with because, well, it's an Xbox. It's completely different version. A lot of the stuff is going to change from versions, right? Uh, not graphically or anything like that. I didn't notice any graphical differences, but button layouts, slightly different because obviously they're different buttons. Duh. But yeah, no, the game is the exact same no matter what you're playing it on. I haven't played the Switch version, although I do want to because once again, these are portable games. And so I don't think they're going to run poorly on Switch, specifically considering that this was a game that was running on PlayStation Vita and the other one was running on the PSP. So I don't think that they would be bad versions on the Switch. And I think most people will be playing this on the Switch regardless anyway. Like I said, I am going to be playing this on the Switch. For also has a lot of creature comforts that were kind of known in Persona series now. Mainly the ability to change your characters, the ability to control characters directly, stuff like that, uh, as well as ultimate Persona forms. Like for example, once you've maxed out, you get a new version of your Personas like you do in Persona 5. So that is something that we've kind of seen from those games. There is a lot of content in Persona 4 Golden. There is a lot of stuff that I'd say D is DLC content, um, or at least seems like DLC content, when in reality they're like unlockables and a lot of content that was missing from Persona 4 has been added 
added into Golden. So Golden does have more stuff in it. There is multiple story endings, depending on how you progress to the story, your choices that you make, who you figure out to be the killer. That also affects the storyline as well, because you could select the wrong person. There is a lot of stuff that can go wrong in this game. It is easy enough to be fair with you, to figure out the story and to make the right decisions so that you get the true ending. But there's an additional ending in this game that isn't apparent in the base Persona 4 that they did add to Golden. So be aware of that as well. And there's a lot of information online, whether that's walkthroughs. Uh, I think IGN has a walkthrough. GameSpot has a walkthrough. Like, I think even Eurogamer has a walkthrough. A lot of websites are offering walkthroughs for these older games and they pretty much stand as well. They're still there. The fusion I mentioned is a lot more complex compared to Persona 3 because you have more Personas. You have a lot more things to fuse Personas with. It's a lot easier to fuse in Persona 5 compared to Persona 4. Persona 4 has a lot of different combinations. Like there is a Persona fusion challenge that you get from Margaret, who is your Persona assistant. Uh, your velvet room assistant in this game similar to what you'd get from the twins in persona 5 that fusion challenge but in this game it's a lot more complex because there are certain personas that you need to get with certain abilities and you could get that by chance you could train personas to have certain abilities or what i used to do and i know what a lot of people do is train through fusion so the way that they do it is that they go through alternate fusions to get a particular persona that then they fuse with another persona to get the intended result just so they can pass on certain traits certain moves and things like that and it's also very prevalent on persona 5 as well but the lovely thing about it is that if you keep it in your compendium the next playthrough all you need to do is just buy that persona from your compendium go to margaret and she takes it off your list you don't need to go through that refusion again so you know that's what i tend to do i just go through that I was doing it back then without fusion guides, but there's a lot of fusion guides online for all of the games, whether that is three, uh, four, and five. Uh, bear in mind, the fusion guide for five will be different for five royal. The fusion guide for four will be different for four golden, and the same with three and three portable, because the games have slightly different personas and slightly different fusion recipes. So just bear that in mind, but the information is out there. So don't feel intimidated, especially if you are coming from Persona 5, where the fusion is incredibly simple. Don't get me wrong, you can get some really crazy fusions and some really awesome builds in Persona 5 and can be a little bit complex, but it is more complex in Persona 4. Just bear that in mind, there is a lot of content out there to help you with fusions, so don't worry about fusions that much. I didn't worry really about more advanced fusion techniques like reverse fusions and doing all of this kind of crazy stuff that you can do with fusions. I didn't worry about that until my second playthrough. So if you're going through Persona 3 and even indeed Persona 4, just play the game as you'd normally play. Don't really worry about fusions as much. I like fuse as you need, but don't worry about completing the compendium on the first run. Don't worry about your Persona builds on the first run because no one really expects you to do that from the beginning. And to be fair with you, you're not going to max out all of your Arcana and all of your social links from the first run anyway and that's the lovely thing about persona 4 it's got so many social links, so many and you're not going to get through them all in one run and you know what it's impossible it's actually impossible because there are certain social links that occur at the same time and that's something that you need to remember is that they all have their patterns which they do in persona 5 but it's a lot more strict in persona 4 and there'll be occasions in which you can either visit one person 
or another person for a social link and depending on who you see it kind of like it doesn't block you per se but it means that you'll be giving attention to one over another so the link changes slightly also depending on who you pick as well they change depending on on which kind of i can't get into it too much because your social links will change characters for particular art kanas will change as well depending on which sports team you choose if you choose to join the music club they will change slightly but just bear that in mind your stories will differ there is a lot of replayability like i mentioned i wouldn't be playing that game for 400 hours if there wasn't a need to play this game for that long taking the compendium into account is going to take a lot of time to complete that compendium it's going to take a lot of time to finish social links there is a lot of content in persona 4 and you can miss out on it very easily right there's dating events that occur uh, like i said you can go through the whole game and just date every character at once or you can focus on one character at a time through each playthrough and it is possible and you can spend a lot of time just learning about these characters a lot more and getting to know them and really experiencing their story which is something that i kind of missed in persona 5 a little bit persona 5 yes and in fact persona 5 royal i was a little bit disappointed with the the final uh, dungeons in persona 5 royal i thought it was a bit too quick to be fair with you and i and i felt that you could miss out on it very easily um like there was a point in the game where i'm like oh i'm panicking i, I need to find the you know the, the story that i need so that you know i get there in the end yeah so it's really complex but besides the point each game does have its sort of protagonist i find that a lot of people will enjoy persona 4 then persona 3 uh, especially if you've played persona 5 first because there's a lot of similarities between the game each game has its own like witty animal mascot whether that is teddy in persona 4 or if that is morgana in persona 5 so you kind of have that a lot of the voices are the same between the games as well a lot of the same voice actors are used and are noticeable within the game like i mentioned for example chie satanaka Erin Fitzgerald she also voices Futaba's mother in Persona 5 so there's a lot of recognizable voices in there like even between Persona 3 and Persona 4 uh, you have Yuri Lowenthal who is the voice of Makoto from Persona 3 who is the protagonist has a different name as well like I mentioned there's the manga name and the anime name as well as uh, the voice of Yosuke Hanamura in Persona 4 and or Golden so yeah a lot of the voices will kind of remain the same between the games so you know overall what is my opinion on these games I love these games man they're a blast of the past they're games that I know I'm gonna spend a lot of more hours on and the fact that they're on home consoles I can finally experience this game on big screens in a modern way right i do own a playstation 2 but i still love those creature comforts and i do prefer persona of golden to f the base game of four um for that reason graphically it looks a lot better than the originals i have also played on pc don't get me wrong the pc because of mods makes it the definitive version but the idea of just playing this game in your living room right or playing it on the go with the nintendo switch makes it a lot better it brings me back to those PlayStation Vita games. Yeah, I am definitely going to buy this game on the Switch. No doubt about it. Whether that's 3 Portable or 4 Golden. Mind you, I'd never had the urge to play Persona 5 on Switch. A lot of people will be like, oh, why? Why didn't you play 5 on Switch? But I don't know. Like, 5 doesn't seem like a game to play on the Switch. And I don't think they released... Did they release Royal on Switch? I don't think they released Royal. To be fair with you, I think these games are fantastic. As you guys know, I am a big, I am a big fan of the Persona series. And I think I'll continue to be. And I'm glad that we're getting these games over. And big thanks to Sega and Atlas for providing codes for these games and for all of the other Persona games that they've given us codes for across the years. And you know, I hope you guys 
guys enjoy your time playing these games take it easy these games are not meant to be rushed like i mentioned i spent a good 100 hours on each with four golden you know spending for 400 hours on because i absolutely loved it yeah take your time with these games don't rush them take your time with the stories take breaks as needed i know with persona 3 and indeed persona 4 there were points in the story where i didn't feel comfortable or i didn't feel like i was in the right frame of mind to play those games at that time and i do go into it in our previous episodes but if you've played persona 3 and if you've played persona 4 you know what i'm talking about if you've not played them just please bear that in mind there are going to be certain points in the story where you might think you know what i'm going to need to take a break from this game and i'll return to it at a later date so please take your time when playing this game let us know what you think tweet us at get alive podcast or maybe you know talk to us on instagram leave a comment on our post on instagram why not tell us what you think about the game in fact if you're listening on spotify you can actually tell us in the comments on spotify what do you think of the re-release of persona 4 golden and persona 3 portable let us know and big thanks to our sponsors crunchyroll and sugoima hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll see you guys next time where we are going to be talking about dynasty warriors and anyway that being said guys bye